Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. This is the Commune Podcast, where each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us live healthy, connected, and purpose-filled lives. You can check out our courses, our community, and everything we do at onecommune.com. In honor of Father's Day, we talk about fatherhood. I have three daughters, Phoebe, Lolly, and Micah. And one thing I know is that they never listen to me. But they also rarely fail to imitate me. For example, I, I have never once asked my children to do their homework. They just do it. And I can only attribute that to the fact that they see me working a lot and they have internalized that as a value. And if I, I take a good look at myself, I can see that I am, in so many ways, becoming my dad. It's not just that I tell the same bad dad jokes over and over, that's true, but my voice sounds like his. We derive pleasure from the same things. We love the same music. We share an ability to bring people together. And more and more, I find myself crying easily, just like him. It is said, when a father gives to his son, both laugh. And when a son gives to his father, both cry. When Shakespeare wrote that, he was definitely writing it about my dad and me. Now, every family is unique, and mine is no exception. My dad raised my brother and I as a single father, which is rare now and even more rare 35 years ago. I called him on Father's Day, and in this episode, I wanted to share a little of our conversation. My dad has recently been ill, and I've been more and more inclined to have the deep conversations with him. Here's a bit of our call on Father's Day. I'm Richard Krasno, and um, noted mostly for um, being father of Jeffrey and Eric Krasno. And these days, I'm um, semi-retired. I had a career um, as a philanthropist and as a professor and as a uh, government servant um, interested in international affairs and and mostly uh, in healthcare and and um, healthcare policy. You know, I've often equated having my own children as um, as you're sort of moving from being the nucleus of your life to an electron. So he, you're moving from the sort of the center of the universe to this thing kind of spinning outside, looking in. Yeah. You know, what was your expectation um, around being a father and how did the reality meet that expectation? Well, no, so I guess with the first child, you don't know very much what to expect. It, it, um, you know, um, my I was an only child, so that made it even more complex. I didn't, I guess, you know, people who aren't only children um, get to see how parenthood works in their own families. And I never had that injury. Um, I can tell you a little bit about, about my dad since we're talking about Father's Day, if that's helpful. Um, for me, the sad fact is, excuse me, that he was um, almost invisible to me as a young and only child. And that was, of course, because my parents were divorced when I was, I think, eight years old. And um, although I saw him periodically, 
throughout my adolescence and my young adulthood, um, his influence on me was, was marginal. So I didn't have a, a lot to go on um, uh, remembering what a father did with young kids in a family. I kind of was playing it by ear, as it were. Um, j- just to be clear, um, my dad was a, a, a gentle and sensitive man, and, and those were qualities I admired and, and remembered. Um, I've tried, I attempted to emulate them as a father. That's one thing I, I do remember. I never felt abandoned by him. But I have to admit that I, um, I guess the best way to put it is I was saddened by the fact that we lost a lot of time that we might have enjoyed in, in my early years and things I might have learned about fatherhood if, if he had been around. Um, I mean, maybe he was a really uh, influential his absence was as influential a teaching to you as his presence might have been. Um, and, you know, obviously when, um, when my mom, when Jean, your wife, when you guys broke up and left, I mean, I have to imagine, um, though I don't really know that your commitment to fathering, Eric and I um, was very influenced by the fact that, you know, your dad had left and that oh, you didn't want to do that to absolutely. your kids. One of the things I thought about a lot when, when my dad left was that I would never let the circumstances that I had gone through as a child of divorce affect my children. That was something I thought about a lot, you know, not especially, especially as I went through my adolescence and, and got older. I, I tried uh, very hard to fulfill that promise to myself, but um, as we both know very well, it was not to be. I guess from my point of view, it never occurred to me that all of a sudden I would become a single dad and the primary caretaker of two sons. And, you know, in the midst of all that, there were unattractive legal issues and there were logistic issues that came up with the divorce. I had a demanding full-time job and having some seven and 13 years old, which I think was about what you were that time um, was um, and for which I would have had pretty much total responsibility um, was frightening to me, frankly. But um, what drove me then, and I think what continues to drive me is the importance of parenthood and how damaging the consequences of divorce can be in so many cases, you know, I think I inherited a difficult burden, and I think you guys sure did, and I wish I could have changed that, and I'm sure your mother feels that way. The the burden can be transcended to some degree, but it takes a lot of attention and dedication and and help, you know, counseling or or whatever, and very specifically in in our case and in our family, it caused me to certainly become a more attentive father, almost by necessity, but also by, by choice, and and I think it also caused me to be a close friend to you guys in a way that fathers and sons normally don't interact. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to also admit there were inevitable mistakes that I made that I would not repeat. I mean, I used to say that before I had children, I had three theories about raising them, and now I have three children and no theories. Um, <laughs> but, and, and I think that... That that is um, is very applicable to your situation, not only because 
you know, you had a period of estrangement from your father, um, but that also, just in a historical context, um, and it might be a little more prevalent now, but for a father to have essentially full-time custody and responsibility for his children um, and also be the principal, you know, bread earner um, is very, very rare. There is no guide um, for that plan. Um, no. So, I, you know, when I think back at that time, um, I mean, and we were all in it together, right? So um, yeah. that, you know, we established a relationship that was, you know, honestly, very, was very unique. It was obviously very, very close um, because out of necessity almost. Um, yeah. But also it was one of, uh, that bordered on friendship um, almost yeah. more than sort of the traditional sort of uh, authoritarian or discipline disciplinarian father figure and um, no question about that no question the circumstances kind of forced us to spend almost our free time together um for this um which i now consider a precious luxury it wasn't easy at the time but you know i remember bringing you guys on business trips to south africa and i think we went to france and we went to israel came down here to visit my folks we did a lot of things that fathers and sons don't do. And we went to Grateful Dead shows together. We, uh, um, and I, I admit, as you said, um, these are just a few events that I, that I mentioned, and they would not likely have occurred had we raised each other, and we did raise each other, in a, in a traditional family, which is exactly what you pointed out. And the interesting thing is, for me, as I approach 80, these experiences provide me now with really precious memories. And I savor those. They, as much fun as they were when we did them, they're as much fun for me now as I think back about them. Do you remember so, when we uh, when we were in Israel on Christmas and we walked in the old city and it snowed? Yes, it was, and it snowed very rarely yeah. in the old city. I do remember. I also remember we went to the mayor, Teddy Kalek's office. He was the mayor of Jerusalem at that time. That's right. And he had this fancy office with hundreds of teddy bears yeah, all around his office. And I remember um, shaking his hand, and he had the biggest hand. <laughs> yeah. That's all was, I remember. He was quite a, quite a guy. Yeah. Well, you know, the point that you make, the post-divorce didn't change my understanding of my role as a father. Um, it's not necessarily an effective prescription for effective fatherhood, but, but I mean, I think I can... Uh, in, in, Balance, I think, uh, and I'm confident that for you and your brother, you weren't raised in all necessarily and exclusively a loving, but also unusual environment, but also one that gave you, and Eric, the strength of wisdom to be the great parent that you are, and I hope Eric will be someday. I'm still counting on him. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, it's like you don't, you don't choose what the world does to you, but you can choose how you react to it and overall I think we did a very good job um, I certainly took a lot from that time well now that I have three daughters and think about it all the time and 
the last thing they ever do is listen to you, but they will imitate you. Well, I hope you're right. I, I think it's, it's very important and it's made all the difference in my life. You and Eric have been so wonderful, supportive, and I love you deeply, both of you. Mm. I love you too, Dad. I appreciate you listening to The Call With My Dad. You know, there's no blueprint for parenting. There's no one right way. But here's what I do know. While it is not always easy to have honest and vulnerable conversations with our parents or or our children, it is so worth it. And they will respect you more for doing it. Your bond will be deeper. I have started to use the word vulnerable as a synonym for courageous. So be courageous, pick up the phone and call your dad, call your mom, your son or daughter, and tell them how proud you are. Forgive their weaknesses. Tell them that you love them. It's not just a gift to them. It's also a gift to yourself. That's all from the commune for this week. If you have stories about your parents or ideas for the show, I'd love to hear them. So just shoot me an email at jeffkrasno at onecommune.com. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll see you next time.